This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL. While breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields of Fantasy. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast and the final episode in our 32-episode series, the Fantasy Football Deep Dives, as we conclude not only the NFC South, but the whole of the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Ed, we have saved one of the most boring teams to research and prepare for from a fantasy football point of view until last. This is something of an anticlimax, I must say. I really wish we could say we'd save the best till last, but it's the opposite, if anything. No, and uh, we'll be talking about first a quarterback who we both have, uh, I don't know if I even have contempt for him anymore, just someone I just can't be bothered to give any time to think about. And that is the man who once woke up dangerous and put in one good performance before going on to mediocrity for the rest of his career so far. <laughs> Mr. Fresh Start, Mr. Tom Brady's replacement, Mr. Baker Mayfield, currently going as the quarterback 32. Now, as with the Saints, we prepared these notes a couple of weeks ago and I got a whole bit of this time prepared because at the time of making these notes, he was going as the quarterback 34. And there are 32 starting quarterbacks that showed how poorly people were viewing him at that point. Obviously, the day before we're recording this, he's been announced as the starting quarterback to start the season. At the time of this record, Trey Lance has been, looks like he's been showing the door out of San Francisco as well. So that has helped his ADP and he's managed to leapfrog Trey Lance into the actual top 32 now. But I just can't be excited about Baker Mayfield in any way, shape or form. Can you? His career's just kind of nosedived, really, hasn't it? I think you could make a case for his first three seasons in Cleveland being fairly solid. You know, they weren't disastrous at all. You know, he he, he was quite consistent, like 16, 18 and 18 ranked uh, in PPR. So he had he had a decent first three seasons, but he's just fallen off a cliff. And, you know, he's thrown interceptions. He's got no rushing game either, has he? He makes bad decisions. His attitude's got to be questioned. Just don't really see what he's got going for him. The only thing I can find that he's got going for him is he's a starting quarterback this year. True. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That that's True. it. I've taken Baker Mayfield in a couple of places in very deep best ball leagues or superflex leagues. Just as a if I'm running out of options or if it's a very deep draft and there's nothing that appeals to me, I might take Baker Mayfield as a third quarterback just because he might have a weak wage gives you a nice baseline. I think we've also got the fact that Kyle Trask is is lurking as well. And the moment that Baker isn't doing the business, they won't see what they've got in Kyle Trask as well, as we've not really seen that run from him yet. He won't see 17 games, I don't think. He needs a Geno Smith-style turnaround. The thing Geno Smith I was going for, though, is he actually seems like a likable human being. Um, Baker's probably not going to be And he's applied himself. Thing. You just yeah. can't see Baker applying himself. I, I just think... From a fancy point of view, he's barely worth considering. Uh, so for the coldest of all takes, the most consensus thing we could probably offer is don't draft a Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback in your redraft league this year. Wide receivers, and the names we're about to mention, really does show that change of fortunes for Tampa Bay. Two players that you were having in those conversations, like we're now having about AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, like we're having um, about Jamar Chase and T Higgins. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin don't have that same star factor anymore. Um, 
Mike Evans at first, ADP wide receiver 34. He was wide receiver when we spoke about him earlier in the season during our self-host 2022. And at that point, I think you and Tom were both much higher on him than I were. And I went back and checked and you were both happy to draft him around wide receiver 20 at that stage. Do you stick by that now? I don't know. I don't know. I, I do like Evans. I, I'd take Evans over Godwin because I think um, I, I, I do feel like Godwin kind of lives off one season. He had one really elite season. Did he end up as something like, I think he was like wide receiver two or something like that a few seasons ago. But apart from that, he's he's been mediocre-ish, whereas I feel that Evans has been consistently decent. I mean, he had a bit of a dip last year. Um, and we, you know, I think we've talked in the past about him being, you know, you're guaranteed a thousand yards. Evans has got you a thousand yards every single season, even last season. So I'd take Evans over Godwin a hundred percent. Yes, he did get that a thousand yards last year, um, last season again, but that came because of that phenomenal week 17 game where he ended up knocking out 48.7 fantasy points and 207 yards. So that's what really took him over that there. So that, that final week 17 game did help that for him. The final game he appeared in anyway. Can he make it to 1,000 yards 10 years in a row? Um, I don't know. I, don't, I think Baker Mayfield derails that for him. But Mike Evans in a flex spot, yes, please. Uh, like with Simmons about Michael Thomas, if you're looking at someone around that spot, when you're drafting around wide receiver 30, I think the only player you would have a discussion about around there who you wanted would probably be Chris Godwin, who we're going to talk about next. Around that wide receiver 30, in fact, I've taught myself out of that because the player going just before him is Brandon Ayuk. So Brandon Ayuk or Mike Evans? I think I'd probably take Ayuk. I'd take Ayuk. I've taken Ayuk quite a few places. So I've ruined it. This game is uh, a sport, what I've said. Um, Jahan Dotson or Mike... Yeah, Jahan Dotson uh, for me on there as well. No, I'd take Evans over Dotson. Um, Terry McLaurin is currently injured. So I'd, at this stage, I'd go for Evans over McLaurin. Christian Watson, I know what Tom would say, but I would probably prefer Evans at that spot. I think so. I'm, I'm not 100% convinced on Watson yet. There are discussions to be had, but I think my main issue with drafting Mike Evans isn't an anti-Mike Evans take, despite the age and despite the slow decline in his stats. It's, it's a quarterback take on the Buccaneers, really. Yeah, me. unfortunately for both, they are going to suffer under Baker, aren't they? And also, Godwin and Evans are pretty much it when it comes to targeting. Also, the fact we look at last year, he only had three top 12 weeks with Tom Brady throwing the ball. But I mean, there was a bizarre disconnect there anyway last year. But like I said, I don't see that improving without Brady being there. Chris Godwin up next. ADP wide receiver 32. Both of them, you see one go before the other every now and then. It is a bit of a coin toss, isn't it? But for me, he seems riskier than Evans. That said, second year post-ACL. So he should be better when you're looking at the medical side of things. Depends on draft strategy. He could be your wide receiver too. I'd be happy with him or wide receiver three. A lot of those players we've just mentioned already around Evans' conversation, I'd prefer as a wide receiver two than I would prefer Godwin. He's only had five weeks as a top 24 wide receiver in 2022, even though he had the 10th most targets in the league. So that's a huge disconnect in that opportunity for output. 27, so he should be at his peak. There's lots of positive things for Chris Godwin, but he's a player that I'm just not feeling and isn't one that I'm 
I don't think I've taken Chris Godwin anywhere. There's a lot of these players around him I would prefer to go for. What about you? He's never been a touchdown machine, has he? he I think he only got three touchdowns last season, and he's, I don't think he's ever broken 10 touchdowns. So, again, under Baker, you can't see that improving. He has got age on his side, but I, I don't think either he or Evans are going to have a great season. Uh, next up, I had my notes prepared on Russell Gage, who was going to ADP wide receiver 111, but he is now unfortunately going to miss the whole season with a knee injury. Looking at the players sat up behind him then, we then have Trey Palmer, David Moore, Devin Tompkins and Raheem Jarrett. Have you got any takes on any of those players, Ed? I don't recognise many of those names, to be honest. Okay, so once again, after <laughs> we've already said, you're looking at uh, Godwin, you're looking at Evans, and then it really stops when it comes to the wide receiver, doesn't it? However, next up is the one player I am actively targeting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is Rashad White. Current ADP of running back 27. He's a player that we spoke about on our breakout show uh, when we had Lewis Veens on. Again, around round six to seven. I think he is really good value potentially. So last year, weeks 10 to 17, he had 53% of snaps and 17 attempts per game. And he had 58 receptions. He's only one of 11 rookies to have had 50 plus receptions in the last decade. So we're worried about where the receptions are going to go. We're worried about those few receptions that Russell Gage will be losing. That really adds to that bonus of Rashad White as well. This was all whilst he was an RB2 last year behind Leonard Fournette. Now, Leonard Fournette's best days are behind him, but he took a lot of opportunities. Obviously, he's going to be the RB1 in Tampa. And I think Fanti has a top RB2 upside, potentially. I think his ceiling could be around that running back 13 to 16 sort of region in round 6 to 7. If you're getting from the RB27, you're going to be more than happy with that. I like him a lot at his current ADP. Uh, and this one I've targeted quite heavily in both redrafts. Uh, and Dynasty, what about you? I mean, hopefully I've taken him most places ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him, and I think he's got he's got a good upside. He's got a good ceiling, and obviously his snap percentage is going to go up. But, as you mentioned earlier, he's going to be rushing behind a very, very poor O-line, and that is always something to bear in mind when you're, when you're drafting uh, running backs, especially young running backs. And, and you write about receptions, he's going to take a few receptions as well. Um, but, I think, again, because of how poor I suspect Tampa are going to be, I think maybe someone in Dynasty I'd, I'd, I'd consider more than in redraft. I don't know what sort of season he's going to have uh, behind that O-line. Behind him, Chase Edmonds, current ADP of RB73, so essentially undrafted. He fell flat in Miami and Denver last year. He might have a week or two, but when? You can never tell with a player like Chase Edmonds. Uh, Potentially, like I said, a couple of the players, a late dice roll in best ball, but don't bother in redraft. And I certainly wouldn't bother in dynasty either. You know, in principle, it's just annoying, Chase Edmonds. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those players that seems to be around for ages and absolutely nothing. And then just has those those little oddities of weeks. I'm just looking back. He did, obviously didn't do anything last year. Well, he had week three, 15.7 points. The year before, he had a couple of weeks above 15, including a 26.7 uh, week as well. Really? Say so you, you're not going to know when to put him in there. So best ball, he could have a little bit of relevance, maybe. Yeah. Sean Tucker, currently going RDP 79, so once again undrafted. He was solid in college. 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. 1,014 yards after contact. And he tied Jameer Gibbs for the most targets in that 2023 running back class. 
I think he's worth a pickup in deeper rosters uh, when it comes to redraft. Potentially, he's a good stash target for your taxi squads in Dynasty as well. But he's a player that really I would be watching for signs of him maybe carving out a role and be someone I'd maybe be watching on waivers early in the season. But I wouldn't be going out of my way to draft him at all, I don't think. Tight ends, Cade Otten. ADP of tight end at 35. So he's going undrafted and is being drafted behind backups when it comes to that. So just ahead of him is Isaiah Likely of the Ravens. So the consensus, people would rather draft the player who is waiting behind Mark Andrews and not going to get limited opportunity there than the tight end one being thrown the ball by Baker Mayfield. That really tells you all you need to know. Round four, rookie tight end in 2022. He did record the fifth most red zone target amongst all tight ends and the second most routes run by a tight end since 2013 last year, but only converted that to 40 receptions, 291 yards, and two touchdowns. He had three top 12 weeks, including the tight end one in week 13, but that was a bit of a down week for tight ends. What score did he get to be the tight end one in the whole of the NFL in week 13, Ed? Imagine it's something daft like 15 points, wasn't it? 14.8 points. So right. I can only assume that was a Bimageddon week. It must have been one of those where a lot of elite mm-hmm. tight ends were out. He can't be relied upon for consistency, especially with the downgraded offence. In short, don't draft. Yeah, he's, it's, it's difficult to think of a tight end one who's less relevant when it comes to fantasy. Somehow we have managed to cobble together 15 minutes whilst talking about one of the least fantasy relevant teams in the whole of the NFL. So I think we should pat ourselves on the back there, Ed. I don't know how we managed that. There's... As we were talking through the players, I was thinking, no, I've not, I've not really drafted Evans anywhere. No, I've not really drafted Godwin anywhere. I, I literally, like you say, apart from uh, Rashad White, just completely left them alone. Considering how targeted an offense they were only a couple of years ago, it has been quite mm. a turnaround, isn't it? Pretty much, the, well, the reverse, I suppose, of teams like the Lions, teams like the Lions, yeah, just about. I think the Bengals of three, four years ago is a complete turnaround. Yeah. People want to get on that offense. It shows how quick it can change in the NFL, let alone fantasy, doesn't it? That brings the whole of the Fancy Deep Dive series to an end. Have you enjoyed our part in the, those 32 shows? Have you enjoyed our 16, Ed? Yeah, it's been great. I think it's been really helpful from my point of view. I, I know we're involved in a lot of drafts at the moment. I feel like I've been <laughs> non-stop drafting for a month and there's still a couple of weeks left. So, uh, yeah, it's really helped and, it, you know, it's been quite enjoyable looking through and enjoyed listening to uh, Johnny B and Dowie as well. So we will now be moving towards the start of the season. We've got some, some very exciting things lined up and some exciting news coming up as well about the 2023 season at Fields of Fantasy. So please make sure you stay tuned and please make sure you follow us on our social media channels. Malcolm, where can they find us? TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter. So we'll be dropping our 2023 season announcement on the 5th of September. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, we'd just like to have a quick thank you to any of you listening that are involved in the TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Bonanza. Time recording this, we're waiting for our final number, but we have surpassed £750, which we're really, really happy with for the Beast of Memory Cafe. You're going, aren't you, next week, Ed, to talk about what we've done and how fantasy football works. I'm sure it'll probably confuse many people in the world of fantasy football and how that raises £750. No, we've been invited. We're invited uh, you, you can't make it, but yeah, we've been invited along um, just to thank us, really. Uh, well, thank you and everyone who's contributed uh, t- towards it. So yeah, I'm going to pop along 
uh, next week and um, uh, you know uh, have a chat with uh, the people there. It is it's quite strange that just setting up a few fancy football leads can do so much good when it comes to raising money. Uh, so I've, I've said it on our social media, and it does sound like a quite a cliched and silly thing to say, but we are genuinely humbled by the support we've given, especially as we are only a year in into our journey into creating content and doing the podcast and all that. Thank you very much, everybody. But we've probably rambled on for long enough, Ed. Um, as it's the last one of the whole of the 32, would you like to pull the lift in? Yeah, I would. Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.